0: Hello and welcome to Priority Roll, an Age of Sigmar podcast from sunny England. Join us as we discuss the ever changing character of wargaming in the Mortal Realms. Grab your D6 and get ready for the Priority Roll. Hello and welcome to Priority Roll. Today, I'm joined by Terry from Pike's Miniatures Painting to talk all about his journey as a competitive gamer and miniature painter. Terry, how are you? Uh very good. Yeah, I am living the dream as ever, living my best isolation life as much as I can. You must be enjoying all this, uh, this time in tied to your desk doing painting.
1: Yeah, it's uh, pretty much the same as what I was doing before, <laughs> before <laughs> lockdown. I haven't, re- my life hasn't really changed much, to be honest. I've, I've just, you know, stayed in. More well, I've barely left other than going for walks, but yeah, just indoors painting and just you know living
0: my best life as well. Excellent. So we're here kind of to talk about, uh, well, not kind of to talk about, solely really to talk about painting. But I guess to add a bit of context to that, do you want to introduce yourself and maybe tell us a little bit about your kind of painting journey? Let's say.
1: Um, So I've been in and out of the hobby uh, since I was about, I don't know, I want to say six, six years old or so. I. I just started to paint like silly little things at my nan's like garden gnomes, some like military, uh, I think they were like humbrol or something, you know, plastic kits, uh, with enamel paints and started out obviously early, early days on those. Then moved into a bit of Warhammer and then stopped probably at about 14, 15, uh, got interested in other things that weren't hobby related um went to college and then after that sort of 21 22 ish just got back into the hobby then and I've been basically painting since then so the last 14 years or so I've been back uh painting but I've really only stepped up the painting game the last five four five years now I've really been pushing the painting but really the last couple of years I've I've tried to to hone it in even more on focus on painting.
0: Yeah, we probably met uh I don't know, mate, four five years ago, was it? Yeah, and, at uh Cardiff you, event, I believe. It was. It was firestorm on Four, was my very first Age of Sigmar event. Yeah. And uh you certainly from from my perspective, you definitely changed your focus. Um from my perspective, you were very focused on the competitive gaming side of the hobby. Yeah. Before.
1: Yeah. So I back before Age of Sigmar in, in, you know, Warhammer Eighth Edition, I was very much into the gaming. I don't believe I won any painting at all in eighth edition i got a couple of painting nominations with my my demons towards the end when i got them more finished up but it wasn't until i moved into aos painting that i actually uh, won a painting award um i believe yeah that's right um but i i was very much into the gaming side of things in eighth edition i was constantly chasing the gaming meta you know ps- pushing together quick units for oh i've got this tournament in a week's time i'll quickly knock up this unit quickly do this and i wasn't really fussed about the painting and i was just more about getting the models on the table and i just airbrushed everything just you know one or two quick tones of airbrush and a wash and i was done it, i wasn't really fussed about uh, the painting then and then obviously in aos i, I kind of just i wanted to because i know people had said you know why you know why don't you just finish an army it'd be great to see you finish something clearly you can paint why why don't you, you know, apply yourself and actually do it? And then I thought, well, I can, I suppose. Like, you know, I, I, I'm not really that fussed about the competitive gaming at the moment, so I'll push into uh painting. And obviously, at the start of Age of Sigma, there were no points or anything, and it was just a, a bit of an odd time for competitive gaming. So that seemed like the the opportunity to, you know, venture out into the painting aspect a bit more.
0: And uh why sort of was it that you decided to focus necessarily on? on uh i guess competition painting or did you kind of start off with army painting
1: well i started off with uh wanting to win best armies at stuff because i'd won uh, events in eighth edition for gaming um and I'd, i hadn't won any painting so i wanted to i wanted to just you know get that as well i'm i'm quite a competitive person in i'll always try um i won't you know do something just for the sake of doing i'll always want to try um to win um with painting now i i'll you know if there's an opportunity to to go to an event and, and compete for best painted um you know and i will there's there's some factors later on that we can go through but sometimes i i will go to an event knowing that I, I don't really have much of an opportunity to win painting so you know i'll I'll go more for a gaming aspect for that one but for the most part um it's you know it's i'll, I'll try um because I, I everyone loves winning you know people, if people people are lying to themselves if they say i hate winning because people do like winning um but yeah for me it's i i can not completed but i'd sort of done the gaming side that i wanted to do the painting side as well
0: you wanted to kind of explore different challenges of the hobby then
1: yeah yeah i you know that sort of the 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 gaming bit had been done time to move into the painting bit see where i can see where i can land in there so obviously army painting was the the first sort of thing to go with um finished up my uh chaos for uh mi- you know, sort of mixed chaos back when it was grand alliance chaos and got my first sort of um proper big win at uh i want to say it was warlords or maybe heat one i think les might have won warlords i believe it was heat one for me when they started to do events back up at warhammer world and then it's sort of transitioned into a bit of a a bit of a spree because i'd had this finished army and it was new as you know it it was something that people hadn't really seen before and i went on to get wins at blood and glory uh adepticon south coast um pretty much i think there was i was sort of in a good place at that point because i was getting podiums with the painting i think every event i attended for like that sort of eight eight to 12 month period and picking up the Adepticon win was huge um, for me that was uh, going out and representing over obviously over the pond at Adepticon and, and picking that one up was a that's that's really where it started for me in terms of uh, winning awards because that one that was a
0: that was a big one. Um, at what point on this journey did you decide to kind of branch into commission painting?
1: Um, so I'd done a couple of things here and there to sell on eBay like some tree men and frost heart phoenixes and bits like that back in, um, eighth edition. So I'd done some smaller stuff and I, I was a web developer sat in an office and I just got to the point where I'd had enough of sort of sitting at a desk and being underappreciated for, for what I was doing there. And, I could have moved company, you know, maybe it was maybe it was just the company where I was. I could have could have done something else. I could have tried something. But instead, I decided to transition into
0: being a full time painter. And how was that that journey leaving uh, full time? uh, Um, I was going to say professional work, (laughs) suggesting that your work isn't professional. By by getting paid for it, you ultimately are.
1: Yeah. it was a challenge like if if people listening are commission painters you probably had the same sort of experience at the start where you kind of are just in open waters unless you sort of built up to it and started doing it a little bit a little bit and then trans- uh, transitioned into it um i i just went full in i'd had enough at work i went right hand my notice and i'm going to be a commission painter now and then just just went full out got some uh got some commissions and then just started um painting I, I picked up another little part-time job on the side just so that I wasn't sat at home you know so painting all day every day I needed to sort of interact with other people and you know leave the house so get some
0: that, get some human interaction yeah so that's good, good kind for of, the soul and some vitamin d when you go outside and that kind of thing
1: yeah so it kind of you know kept kept me up and about and you know allowed me to not just sit and and paint constantly which is obviously what we've been doing during the quarantine but um yeah it's uh it's, it is a difficult thing to go into and if you like me at the start I was very poor with my time management and I was like well I'm off work today but you're not off work because you got to paint stuff and I kind of just was very relaxed at the start in that I had you know, savings and stuff to fall back on. So I wasn't, I didn't have the drive. There wasn't like the fear of, I'm going to have no money if I don't paint models, which was there, but I didn't, I didn't like pick it up quick enough at the start. And I think you have to be very disciplined to obviously be a self-employed person anyway. But when you're painting models, it kind of, at the start, I didn't really take it seriously enough.
0: Um, how did that, how did you change that approach did you sort of change your, how did you change your mindset or any tips for anyone else doing um, something similar
1: you you just have to you have to just you know pull your finger out and, and just get on with it i i set myself some sort of targets to do just eight hours a day for five days to make sure i was doing sort of a 40 hour week to make sure i was actually doing work but then it, it i sort of found that i'd actually i was better off working long days anyway because once i get into the rhythm of painting i can quite happily go until i go to sleep like if i start and i'm i'm painting by nine and i'm in the momentum in the morning it can rock round to you know 11 in the evening and i'd have done a you know a 14 hour plus painting day and it doesn't even really phase me i've got you know tv or music on in the background i've got entertainment on i'm talking to people on you know skype and discord while i'm painting so kind of you know you're getting paid to hobby at that sort of point but it's hobby for other people but you, you've you just got to get on and and just be you know self-disciplined and for me again it was more i you know i i wanted to be able to you know do things as well so you need to you need to have that money behind you to you know go off and you know go to a go on holiday do stuff and you're not going to get it if you're not you know picking the brush up and doing the work so it's it is a hard thing to do um, to paint for other people um, because at the end of it as well, you have to give it all away. And some of some of the my favourite stuff I've painted for other people, and I'll I'll never get to see it again, which is kind of a, a bit of it's a bit heartbreaking in a way. But have you ever yeah. come
0: across any of your pod- projects out in the wild? So I've seen,
1: you know, back back in again back in eighth, I did a lot of Frostheart Phoenixes, and I saw them at various events where I'd go over and be like, oh, that looks familiar. Oh, I paid that for you. Oh, I bought it on eBay. I said, yeah, I paid that. (laughs) Um,
0: (laughs) did you ever come across anyone claiming that the work your work was theirs
1: no it hasn't happened yet but i always look out for like what wins in painting awards and armies and stuff and what gets nominated and i think if i did see my work you know up for nomination or getting an award i'd have to say something because it's just unfair on the other people there you know the Mm. person who entered it they did
0: here's a question for you then you at events if the painter of the model is at an event do you think they could should be able to be recognised for the work. So it's, it's, it's one thing having a commissioned painted army not being there, but if the painter is also at the event, do you think they could enter someone else's army? That's, a, that's an interesting one. If you could only enter once,
1: you could maybe do that. So say I was playing your army but you were playing with my you know my painted army
0: or, or could, even just like the general in my army yeah. was done by you and the rest was done by me and yeah. you were at the same event do you you know what, what are your thoughts I, on that
1: I, um i mean as long as you're only entering once i guess you know if the event allowed it then you could win with an army you're not playing with but you did paint i guess like it, yeah it's an interesting one isn't it like but like i said i, w- I wouldn't like to be able to enter multiple times so no. like, you you could play with my put your chaos army in and then put, and i could put play with another in, yeah. painted army and then someone else could play with another painted army and then you end up
0: winning first second and third with three armies so, <laughs> just uh, commission like 40 armies at um yeah at a 40 person event you know a financially you'd be laughing but also b you get you get loads of medals because yeah I, I think i think i'd break, I'd, break the system terry yeah,
1: I think I, I just to keep it simple, if you're not playing with it, you shouldn't be able to win with it. But, yeah, no, fair enough. I was once,
0: um, I once got nominated for best painted at a Warhammer 40k, a Warhammer World 40k event, uh, which was, um, you know, very nice feeling to have someone up, come up and say how, you know, multiple people, multiple different times go, oh, those are your custodians. They are stunning. And every single time I was like, oh, yeah, they are, aren't they? Unfortunately, I haven't painted them, but I'll pass on your comments to the, uh, to the painter. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. Like if if you bring in like a top notch army, people just flock to it, don't they?
1: Oh yeah, it's you know when I borrowed Les's uh, Stormcast army, his uh, Celestial Vindicators, the you know the turquoise coloured ones, mm, the ones in White Dwarf. Yeah, so when I used those at Warhammer World, they were obviously coming around nominating armies, and the guy came over and he was like, "This is a really nice army." I was like, "Yeah, I know it's it's not mine, so obviously don't put don't put it down to shortlist it because I didn't paint it. It's someone else's. I could have just gone, Hey, yeah, let's." could get you a cheeky win here maybe of your army <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah as you say it's uh it's not fair on everyone else is it
1: yeah and there have been instances of people winning with stuff they haven't painted in the past like where you've seen like an event on you know on Twitter or something, you see you see them pick up like second place or something. You're like, mm, I don't think they were at that event. Like, and then you have a look into it, and it turns out it was a borrowed army or something, and it it accidentally got painted, you know, up for nominated or something. You're like, well, at the point when they called out that person's <laughs> name, they could have said, "Ah, uh, yeah, sorry, I didn't paint this."
0: <laughs> instead
1: of just going up and being like yeah
0: trophy <laughs> <laughs> i suppose sometimes you know if if it's a genuinely honest mistake um, yeah then sometimes it is quite tough to kind of publicly kind of yeah. admit that in front of you know people and, and if people are being intentionally deceitful then you know they're, they're being intentionally deceitful and not going to change that anyway are they so yeah. um how uh, how would you describe your painting style in general bright bright. <laughs>
1: <laughs> colorful. I I love painting with a lot of color. Um if you've seen my Skaven, they are bright orange. My demons are nice and bright greens with rusty oranges in there. You know, their basing is pretty pretty well known I think in the in the hobby scene of bright glossy purple lava tentacle slime goo. You know, it's it, I love using bright colors. Um it lends itself well to getting recognized um at events. Y- you can see my basing from the other side of a venue because the light hits it and it's so shiny like the gloss really just sets it off um but yeah it's i i do i have done quite a lot of weathering as well recently as well obviously with the nurgle it lends itself well to to that sort of thing so i'd say my my style is very um very bright and quite out there in terms of um color choice um but i have again started to use a lot more uh sort of desaturated colors like with my new Bella Core that I did, you know, he's he's got purple in him, but his skin's a lot of muted blues and stuff. So I do paint in other styles but that is kind of my my go-to is is bright and in your face because that's how you get seen
0: <laughs> so is that is that something you'd recommend to people looking to kind of enter competitive painting competitions whether it's single miniature or army you know go for a bright palette
1: um it it can be really garish though so you've got to be careful like if you go if you overcook it too much and there's too much you know too many colors too many glossy serves if there's too much it'll it'll just it won't won't work properly, and it'll it'll just look yeah more garish than than you know the, than fun. um But definitely, if you if you have bright you know bright yellow orc army with really nice yellow armor, it's going to get noticed because boards in general are quite dark colors and you know quite bland. And when you have these bright armies, they you know they they are going to be noticed. um So if you are looking to uh, you know push more towards maybe getting nominations and win. Um, best painted the they are that is something you can do to to sort of get noticed when people are coming around judging very muted uh palettes often get overlooked i know um chris of um formerly of black sun he had his really nice weathered um iron jaws and they got overlooked at the warhammer event because when you're just walking around they're black and they do get missed because obviously it's you know dark colors on in in not the best lit room either so they are quite easily overlooked but you know they shouldn't be and i think russ had it back in in back in eighth edition his uh, warriors of chaos got overlooked a few times because they're again black armor you know black armor is is hard to paint well and when you do it well it's not very noticeable unless you get really close to it and you're like, wow, this is this is great. But, you know, it is something that people walk past, whereas, you know, a bright orange, you know, Warriors of Chaos Army would definitely get, you know, you'd go over and have a look. It might not be as good, but you definitely go and have a look at it.
0: Mm. And especially if, if you're painting in really good light with a big painting lamp and, and you could look at it and be like, yeah, I think that really stands out. But then yeah. if you put it in, a, as you say, like a slightly dimmer gaming hall, then you've got to take that into consideration
1: yeah and and also with when you're going to events like ones at warhammer world if you do get in for best painted into a nomination you get put into a glass cabinet and your dark army will actually look quite good in the cabinet and your bright army might not look as good because you might be lighting, washed out by the yeah light. the lighting in the in the cabinet is very bright and if you're on the top shelf which unfortunately i have been a couple of times now uh my um sky have got like a light blue and pastel uh, pinks sort or of colors on them when that white sort of led bulb hits them the color just gets bleached out and you you really suffer but if you've got snow basing and stuff it really makes it sparkle like the the light really pops off the snow and if you've got a dark army obviously it's going to light it up as well so
0: so oh is there is there a, a mini painting meta game there for the Warhammer cabinets
1: yeah you you know if you you have to randomize your spot in the cabinet with a dice so you can't just pick the best spot in the cabinet so unfortunately three events in a row i rolled the top right corner shelf which is the worst shelf to have um cuz it's 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 just you get you get washed out it's bright it's too high you know i prefer armies being laid out on tables they're great in cabinets because you know it's nice and safe it's out the way people aren't touching it but i i just like the you get to lay it out more on the table space stuff out a bit more you're not cramming everything into one shelf and they do give Mm. you some like plastic divide sort of shelf like little things you can pop your models on but i i think you know on a on a display board if you have one looks looks great but yeah there is there definitely is painting meta you know game to playing to your you know your audience especially like uh, Warhammer World where it's player voted you need to capture that sort of couple of you know the first few minutes of people going over to the cabinets if
0: or if I would argue the first few seconds first few seconds yeah but
1: it's it's what people remember as well like i know um, uh, Matt of the Pro Painter podcast likes to call it the most most memorable not best painted and i i do absolutely agree with with that as well it is it is what what stands out and what is really memorable when you're sort of walking away from the cabinet thinking what should i vote for it's like well that that one that you know the big flying scaven converted army does really well in you know in that sort of environment because it it grabs you big big conversions work in that sort of environment because a lot of the time stuff people haven't seen so they're drawn to it oh what's that you know converted kradron skaven flying gunship thing and you go and have a look at it you know it could be next to a perfectly painted heavy metal style army from the actual heavy metal team, and it probably wouldn't win at Warhammer World, you know, the actual display heavy metal ones from the um, the Warhammer Museum, if you bought those in and put those next to some of the weird, wacky, big, colourful, converted armies, it wouldn't win because the painting style is so subtle, you know, simple, sanded basing, clean edge highlighting, clean blends.
0: That that doesn't it's, it's stand out. It's designed to be photographed, isn't it? It's designed for a box yeah. cover. It's, it's designed bo- to it's be box kind art of and, yeah. perfect in, in its simplicity in whereas, its own environment exactly whereas next yeah. as you say next to uh you know someone that's converted the uh forge world corn dragon or something and you know oh yeah that's you know a people Star are go to that, riding a warlord titan yeah you know, people are going to go that. and have a look at that because yeah yeah i mean yeah. orc armies are great for that because you can go absolutely bonkers with conversions. oh yeah
1: scaven orcs really lend themselves well to makeshift anything fits in anything because they would salvage and Take anything, whereas it like, had like um,
0: a Danny Cashman's uh, carriage on overlords. Yeah, uh, like
1: the iron I,
0: converted from the uh, from the landship.
1: The landship. I was at the cabinet at the event when loads of people stood there going, "Oh, that that sculpted model's amazing. He must have built that himself." like, "No, nah, it's just an old Empire landship. It's ship. an old
0: Forge model that you can't get anymore." <laughs> yeah,
1: it's an old Forge model that was around probably four or five years ago. None of you have probably ever seen it, so. That's a yeah. great model, because... Yeah, and that's
0: actually a really interesting point about, like, out-of-production models. Um, yeah,
1: like the actual War Mammoth. H-
0: for... Have you ever seen the proper Chaos War Mammoth? Uh, I've had the pleasure of playing uh, a double War Mammoth list, actually. Uh, yeah, but, but like, <laughs> most people probably haven't ever seen one on the table.
1: Because a lot of the time, people use, like, the Lord of the Rings, the...
0: What's the the, the Kill or whatever they the, call it. Yeah, yeah, the big the elephant peffalumps. yeah
1: Yeah, and then they put Sculpt fur onto it, or they use like a different miniature company's big mammoth thing mm. and and yeah most people haven't seen like you know that sort of thing and some you know some of the other big forge world things like again the big corn dragon i've seen it once at an event. i think
0: it's it's quite interesting actually that kind of either rare or out of production but more so yeah. the out of production thing is because rarity has the rarity factor because people are like oh wow a a you know Forge World corn dragon that's cool uh, yeah. draws the eye but actually for older gamers or those get, that have been gaming for a little, a little while, they're like, "Oh wow, that's a super cool Marienburg landship." You don't see very many of those these days, yeah. and, and a cool conversion like that draws their eye. But then, also for the newer players who don't know that it's a fourdrill thing, they're like, "Wow, what an amazing, unique thing that I've never seen before!" So it almost ticks both boxes, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it gets the wow factor and the sort of this, you know, the. Uh, what's what's the sort of word for it? The centerpiece model mm. for your army. It it gets that with the conversion. With the it just grabs all those points straight away when it's actually just an old model. But yeah. you know, I'm sure he's done some conversion work on it because obviously oh, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's not it's, suited and it's have. on a,
0: an amazing base as well. Yeah, so
1: again, basing if you've got a massive like piece of rock with all sorts going on, it, you just you get height on the model as well. Like Archeon does well because he's huge. You can't mm. miss him but when you you know when you have like a really nicely painted simple hero on a simple base stood next to a not so well painted hero on like a big in or your film face that's
0: exploding out of a realm yeah here that's got a noxative crown behind him you know, yeah that kind of
1: thing. and then you, you'll go to that and go wow that's amazing and people yeah. and obviously painting is subjective and it's very personal thing so when i go i it sounds it's probably sounds a bit sort of like oh yes but i i look for mistakes when i'm looking
0: at models when you're when you're judging or when yeah
1: so when i'm judging you look for what's amazing and then you narrow it down and then you look for the mistakes at the end so when you've got three amazingly painted things at that point you've got to try and find what what separates them and it is the mistakes that separate them at that point
0: i don't think i don't think that's you know or sort of snobby or anything yeah like that. i think you're 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 essentially saying all of these three are worthy or could be worthy let's yeah. look for something that that you know that puts gi- one over the other gives, gives me a reason to to, yeah. to discount them because that's all you're just looking to discount discount them until they're there's sort of there's only one left right
1: yeah yeah at that point you're not looking for you know the pros you're trying to find the the you know the small oh there's a little bit there that kind of could have Or oh, there's that mold line that was missed or mm. just you're looking for the little small bits that separated them but they're all amazing and they all could win you've just got to try and you know find find the find the winner out of the three um
0: but yeah so, so go on. so talking of winners is there any if, you, if you're looking if someone is looking out there to kind of maybe up their painting game on a competitive level not just kind of improve their army painting but maybe want to get recognized nominated maybe enter some competitions at events as of yeah. when they happen <laughs> yeah. um any any advice apart from picking bright colors so
1: well i wouldn't say that is the way to go anyway picking bright colors it may not be your style you You've got to paint in your style or branch out to try and learn new styles. You know, if you, if you paint inside your comfort zone all the time, you're, you're not going to experiment enough and, and sort of get out there and learn new things. But I'd say if you're, if you're starting small store painting comps, like, you know, little games workshop, you know, Saturday painting comps first, probably the way to go there, maybe then up into the sort of heroes of legend stuff at warhammer world uh, at tournaments like single model vehicle uh, big model unit categories there maybe some of the um independent events like obviously at Facehammer and south coast there's the, the saturday night painting uh, competition and then if you want to really go all out something like uh, golden demon would be then your next sort of Uh, big target but i'd say if you're if you're sort of going the army painting route have a look at what's winning so you know have a little scroll through twitter or the events or the painting masters website and have a look and see who's you know who's winning with what if someone's clearing up 10 events in a row with i don't know some deepkin army go and have a look at it see why you know is it massive conversions is it crazy basing scheme is it just really well painted throughout um and consistency and theme obviously a big a big thing if you have you know a 10 out of 10 golden demon display piece hero stood at the front and the rest of the army's just a base coat and a wash it's gonna look really weird you're gonna do well with that one model in a single category but it's it's not gonna win you the army um votes unless you just hide everything at the back and get lucky i suppose
0: yeah it depends um, how big the hero is right you know yeah i mean if it's Archeon <laughs> and
1: you've got 10 you know Marauders stood behind him then yeah he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna block them out but um, I'd say if you, if you want to get better, you've got to go and, um, look for the knowledge it's out there. There's tons of it for free as well. Um, YouTube, um, videos, there are some amazing, um, YouTube guides.
0: Any recommendations for, cause there's a lot of, uh, sort of painting tutorials that have their stuff slightly behind a paywall. And I guess if you're, if, yeah. you, if you, if you find a painter that you know and like, and you, you like their style and you want to maybe learn learn their style better and they've yeah. got a Patreon or whatever, then that's that's all well and good. But if you're just kind of that's starting the way out to go. Yeah. if you're just starting out, where 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 would you recommend looking so
1: from? on like on YouTube you've got the, the the sort of earlier games workshop um Duncan videos where he does like long tutorials on painting blight kings, the maggot lords, Nagash. Um those those sort of ones are great. You know, they're simple here's your base coats, here's your layers, here's your washes, here's your edge highlights. They're very, you know, good for just straightforward. Um, you know, this this is how you do sort of some sort of basic techniques, and so there's tons of them. I mean, there's there's probably a couple of days worth if you watched back to back videos. I mean, some of them are an hour plus long. Like they're they're great if you want to uh, sort of look at non GW stuff as well. The uh, Miniac uh, on YouTube, he does great videos on techniques, airbrushing. I mean, he he has. Uh, a patron as well but most of his content is just free on youtube so you can get it all there um trevarian uh, miniatures he does a lot more high-end uh stuff so a lot more advanced masterclass stuff currently you've still got the darren latham videos on youtube again heavy metal style if that's your style then you can't really go wrong with watching uh darren latham paint heavy metal style it's it's his you know he fits it perfectly and those are great videos um if you want to um go for a sort of you know a patron paywall style where you have to pay to get the content rich gray uh you know slayer sword winner golden dean winner amazing painter um he's like a legend of freehand so freehand is something you want to look into i don't think there's really much better than you know subscribing a month to him and watching all his freehand videos there's so much on there um My personal favorite who got me into sort of the start of the journey of painting was uh, Ben Comets, who's famous for the loaded brush technique, which is his sort of thing he's he's mastered and he teaches on his video. Um, He did a Lord of change um, step by step in like 10 parts, probably probably about eight hours worth of video to watch. And I watched that video probably on repeat for the best part of a month back to back, just learning all of his stuff and then applied that to my own um, Kairos sort of order change model. And that's really where the, com- the competitive thing really kicked off for me, because that, that was obviously my first single model big win. And, you know, without watching his videos, I, I probably wouldn't have you know pursued that um that sort of style i mean i've i've adopted his style into my style like i i don't paint like him because i just can't it's it's his own technique um with practice i could but i i just i like how my technique works so that's what i'm just trying to perfect um and i also think
0: that's an important thing you know whether it's gaming Uh, with army lists or painting with with techniques it's finding what you're comfortable with in your way and incorporating what you like about other people's lists or style and incorporating them into your own because in the same way that you know if you're if you're a manager then leadership isn't a one one fit solution you shouldn't necessarily model yourself on the boss you know the boss that you respect and like because you might not be credible in their leadership style in the same way you might love um Darren Latham's style but if you're uh, I don't know, look at, say, someone like Benjamin Sava, who's got a very different style to Darren Latham. You know, Benjamin Sava's a great painter, but you know, I, I haven't seen him paint in Darren Latham's style, and, and he's obviously chosen his style uh, for a specific reason. It's the same for for any other painter.
1: Yeah, if you... If you force it and you really want to paint like someone else, and and you you just push it, you, you might get there eventually, but it might be a pretty a pretty rough road where you fall down quite a bit. And it, when I know I've I tried um, his uh, Ben Comets loaded brush technique, which is just quickly so it sort of makes a bit of sense he puts the body of a color so like red or something in the main part of the brush puts a dab of white on the tip of the brush and then just straight up blends the white and the red in one brush stroke onto the model and when you watch him do it you think oh that's pretty straightforward
0: you <laughs> do it fairly yourself, simple i'll like, just give that a go <laughs> no no it's really not <laughs> yeah i bet
1: um and just you know he he does classes and stuff and you i'm i'm can't wait to adaptical next year because I'm gonna do a class with him and just watch, just see it in person. I'll be like a little boy, like, whoa, look at it. Like, I can't believe he's doing it. And it's the same when I did um again another famous painter david soper's class i went and you know did the the painting the troll uh last year and learned to stipple with him and just sat there watching him paint was incredible and listening to him talk in his seminar for like three hours about painting I, if that seminar was eight hours long of just him stood there talking i'd have i'd have loved it like three hours didn't even feel that long when you're sat there taking in all of this knowledge and you know th- again he's got a different style it's all about stippling and that's what i've adapted recently is my new thing that i'm really trying to push at the moment because if you can get all of these techniques to a pretty good level then you can kind of replicate a lot of what people do so if you you know look at his model and go well i can see what colors he's used and i know he stippled it so i can probably achieve something like it obviously not as good but uh, you know you can get close and On my sort of first attempts at stippling at the course weekend that I did with him, I I loved it. I think it's a great technique and I could really see myself doing it a lot more. And then obviously I repeated it onto my Bellacore model, which I recently did. And again, loved it. And I will practice it going forwards on more and more stuff now because it's just another another tool now like you know with airbrushing and stuff it's it's just another way to to put paint on the model to
0: improve i guess as well yeah talking of improving is there any specific way that you'd recommend people kind of asking for feedback because i know if you if you post online then you know if you post on a cool miniature on twitter then you just get likes or or you get likes, get likes or people say all nice
1: yeah, well, nice thumbs Ooh, up. Oh, nice thumbs up. You have to go and ask for it because a lot of the time people won't want to give their feedback or opinion because you know if, if they go, I don't like that, then it it's kind of a negative thing straight away. But if you if you ask like heavy metal painters or other painters that you really like and respect, just send them a picture of the model. And go, Look, if if you got a few minutes, can you give me some like honest feedback on this? And take the feedback. Like if if they criticize it, listen to what they're saying. Like if like when I I showed some models to again, Dave Soper at his painting weekend that I went to and I showed him some models and I was, I was ready for him to like tear them apart. Like if, if he says to me, this is not good, I'm going to believe him because I respect him that much as a painter that if he tells me it's bad, I'm going to believe that what he says and why he's not going to just say, Oh, it's bad. He's going to go, well, what you could do here is apply some more contrast, tidy up this blend here, smooth this bit out, maybe maybe a bit of a light source here to sort of show that you know this is happening and tell a bit of a story on the model. And if you if you listen and take it on board, you'll you'll be a better painter for it take you know take people's feedback and and don't be offended if someone says you know i I think you can do better you know this this is not as tidy as it could be i think you should you know apply this here and it it is you know as long as you're getting good feedback you know oh, that's just bad you know that's, that's not good feedback saying oh, it's just bad why you know what what's what's bad about it you know can you can you expand on it you know when i um got feedback up at uh warhammer fest on some models you know when when you've got the heavy metal judges all there saying you know you could do this you could do that you know uh, just listen take it all down write notes you know go back and and just sort of do it and then look at it again you'll be like oh yeah they were right <laughs> It, it, <laughs> it does it look was, better. <laughs> yeah, it does look better now. Oh, it was it wasn't bright enough here, or you know the shadow wasn't deep enough here. Or who
0: knew you know, these professional painters? They know what they're talking yeah, about. <laughs> who knew the
1: judges? They 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 do sort of know a thing or two. Um, but yeah, just be open to the criticism.
0: So talking of of you know judges and and painters and stuff. That's obviously if you've got a link to those painters, you know maybe they follow you on Twitter or something. But yeah, is there is there is anything like kind of a more publicly open source of decent critical feedback? Is is Cool Mini something you could recommend?
1: um i mean you could use that again like just on twitter i think if you do just say "Look, i'm really looking for some honest feedback on this if you don't want to write it in public you know just dm me you know if if you want to give me some feedback and you you want to you know just just dm me with your feedback or and a lot of painters will you know they want to share their knowledge and their experience like if people want to talk painting i'll talk painting for hours like we, we could do a show that's 10 hours of me just babbling on about painting like i'll i'll just go when it comes to painting
0: if people want oh, feedback... to be honest terry with lockdown and events going the uh the way uh the way it is i might have to call you on that and uh we'll do yeah. uh, 10 one-hour episodes and
1: <laughs> yeah there you go easy yeah forums are a bit of an old thing now like they used to have call me not forums and uh maybe tga is the place you know the the grand alliance forum um reddit people ask for feedback on reddit i mean i just find some painters that you like and just ask them for feedback is probably yeah probably the best way because most most painters want to want to share They want to help. They want to improve themselves by I mean, I found teaching is a great way to improve as a painter because it makes you
0: you think critically about how to explain something.
1: If you can explain to someone how to do it, you know, then you can probably do it yourself. Like if you're, you know, if you're, you know, teaching how to stipple, you've got to be able to stipple first. So you're going to, you're going to practice and put the time in to be able to then share that technique on. Um, But yeah, if you are new into the painting scene, there are loads of good painters out there who will, you know, who will give you feedback. So, you know, just have a little look around, see who you like. Again, Instagram, you can see people's work on Instagram. Think, "Oh, I really like that guy's style." Maybe if I drop a message and be like, oh, "Hey, you got, you know, a couple of minutes? Really like your style. Just get some feedback on this." Um, paint painters, you know, they love hearing that people, you know, like their style and stuff. When when people send me pictures of, you know, the great and clean one video I did, they've painted along and done it. I love seeing pictures of stuff that you know people have watched my video and copied along. It's 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 a great feeling to know that you are teaching people out there how to paint. And um, if if anyone does want feedback, you know I'm quite happy to to um, you know provide feedback on on Twitter or Instagram or you know wherever um or even at events if you're at a tournament and you know you see someone with their army over there, go i really like your army can you have a quick look at some models nine nine times out of ten i'm sure they'll say yeah go and grab grab some models and give you some feedback and it's a lot easier to give feedback on a model in your hand as well yeah yeah and also people
0: can kind of hold it up to the lie and look yeah move it around because often you don't always get the the full effect now i often find this with games workshop new releases actually sometimes people say you know people whinge on the internet about anything don't they but um sometimes I've looked at modern gone ga- I'm not really sure it's for me so the, the Kernothi, the um uh, kind of wood elven sylvanethy yeah uh, Warcry band what are they called um uh, shades by Warhammer Underworlds that's it there we go. Yeah. <laughs> throw out all the skirmish game names all the words all the words the sylvaneth Warhammer Underworlds band has not necessarily captured my heart let's say I, I'm not really a fan, but I think it's the angle the picture of the guy jumping over the log I just oh just, yeah. It's the legs; it just looks a bit quirky. So uh, I'm sure if I saw them in real life, I'd be like, "Oh, yeah. actually, no, I think I can see that. It looks..." I had the airspace. same
1: thing with plague drones. When the plague drones were first released many years ago, I saw them and I was like, "Oh, they look so derpy. They look really stupid. <laughs> they look, they look out of proportion. They don't look right at all." Then I saw them in person. I was like, "Oh, I love these!" And then bought nine. <laughs> so you know, unit of five and unit of four. Oof. That was, uh, the old days, but yeah, that was, uh, I, you have to see models in person to get a real, a feel of the depth and the size of them. They, I mean, they looked really weird and, and our proportion in the pictures, but as soon as you see them in person, they're massive, they're great models. And I think it's going to be the same with the Luminar. a lot of people have said they don't like techless the way he floats on above. Yeah, his... that's,
0: a, that's a great example. A great example of, of there's a lot of criticism about that I model out there.
1: I'm sure when people see that model in person, they'll change their mind because you get to see it from all the angles. You're just seeing it from the front and it doesn't look quite right to you. Um, when you get to see, um, you know, hold the model, rotate it around, have a look at it, see it with other models for size comparison. Like when you see it stood next to something like Archeon or something, you will be like, hey, it's not as big as Archeon, but it's a pretty big, cool model. Um but yeah, I can't wait to see that stuff in person. But you
0: know, we'll see, we'll see. Fingers crossed, it will happen soon. I, yeah. I see a lot of people on the internet talking about, uh, looking forward to it. So I'm sure, I'm sure. Hopefully, it'll it'll arrive soon. So, talking of improving and kind of continuing that theme, is there any way that you've improved over the kind of period specifically that you you like to highlight?
1: Yeah. So, like going back to the tutorials online, obviously watching people's content. You know, some some of them are quite in-depth sort of masterclass style you know a few hours long watch them back back to back a few times i watch a lot of painting videos of other people painting i'm always looking for new uh people to watch videos of because even if it's something basic that you can do yourself it's always interesting to see other people do it as well like it's it's just nice to see if you're doing it the same as them or if they've got another way of be like oh, oh i'll try that oh that's easier Why well, have been doing it this way all this time um so you know absorbing all that sort of video information attending classes like i said again attending that uh dave soper masterclass was probably one of the best painting step forwards for me just you know pure, the amount of knowledge absorbed on that two days was incredible um it but yeah do stuff outside of your comfort zone so for me painting skin i was always bad at painting flesh and i had to obviously do six storm fiends worth of flesh in my aos Uh, army and other skaven and i just practiced a bit of skin got a few different colors to experiment with some different brands to try and i just practiced skin um and now i love painting faces and skin i before i would put helmeted options on everything where possible and as little skin showing as possible so i didn't have to paint it um now you know a a dude with like you know no sleeve sort of you know barbarian style arms or you know uh, all the heads you know on on um space marines or Stormcast and stuff it's just great i, I just paint all the faces now uh, you capture a lot of a lot of the model in a good face as well um a lot of you know you have the shades by um the not shades buyer, the uh easy build castigators and you've got the the female stormcast where she's got like the sort of side shaved um mm. hair with like a bit flowing over and she looks like proper hard like nails hard and you look at her and go oh yeah, that's that's a great face it really sells that piece but if it just had a helmet on especially
0: especially like a stormcast helmet where they are kind of intentionally intentionally um, you know yeah faceless almost
1: like just bland yeah like bland they're just this is a this isn't a no expression face and then you get this really angry and again with the this new sisters of battle range loads of their faces are just like really, really expressive
0: as well you there's oh, yeah. a lot of emotion i think like the the way things are sculpted these days you can capture quite a lot of oh yeah of, of emotion in a face these days with, and... with
1: the pose and the face combined you oh, can yeah. get a real you get the real story of what's
0: happening with that model especially the human models because we as humans look at them and kind of appreciate yeah. them more whereas like with a i don't know like a demon or a blood, like, a blood they th- look yeah. angry they All look angry the but you know sure fine you know but you can't really get that kind of depth of emotion that even orcs with kind of slightly warped faces you can't yeah and also orcs are quite a like they're, they're an angry warry race aren't they whereas there's a, yeah. you know humans and elves and things like that you can get a lot more kind of poetry in there in the kind of lines of their face can't you
1: yeah and, and like obviously saying about improving as a, a painter i with um going forward in display pieces something i've I've learned a lot from other painters is is telling a story. So when you look at a model on a base, what what's the story? Is it is it a dude stood on a rock? What's he doing? Why is he there? You know, is he at the edge of the battlefield? Is he just finished a battle? Is you know what what's actually going on? And you need to be able to convey that story on your model with some battle damage maybe something in the base some scenery is it a duel what are they doing are they just about to fight have they just fought is one of them the winner like if if it's not clear then you might not have told the story in the right way
0: yeah Um, and i think you can kind of help that with posing as well oh yeah posing's massive if you're you know like the the head looking the same direction the weapon's pointing or potentially not you know just make making sure that the body all and and the way it's glued kind of lines up with what you're trying to do so if if there's if if you've got a chap or something stood on a a rock staring at something is he pointing his sword that way so it's the start of the battle and he's kind of saying onwards you know stood on pride rock or whatever or yeah. actually are they looking Are they sword down with loads of battle damage and skulls on the base and he's looking across you know is he surveying the battle after the uh the fight and kind of you can see you can see that story that the the blood on the sword or whatever and he's yeah. kind of like that's him resting following a, a battle
1: yeah no, definitely um but as other improvements. Try, like I said, paint stuff outside of your comfort zone. Like again, for me, the skin was difficult. Now I love painting skin. Freehand has been always been something like painting freehand banners and symbols, and it's, it's always been something that a lot of people are afraid to do on models. um That's my next big thing that I'm going into. I want to do a lot of uh, freehand going forwards. So that's I'm going to do a lot of banners and things um, just to practice on. I'll probably get you know ten. Old plastic corn banners, spray them all black, and pick some artwork, and maybe try and um, learn some how to do freehand. Well, again, I've been watching um, uh, Rich Gray, who's the, the master of freehand, and I've learned a lot from watching his videos. So I'm going to try and apply that to to my own stuff. And then after freehand, my next big sort of thing I want to improve on is uh, actually sculpting. So I want to be able to sculpt um bits because i think if if you get to that point where you're like well i really like this model and i really like the idea of this but there isn't a model i'll just make it so you kind of fill the hole of where you're like well i really like this guy but can i repose it do i have the skill to like change the legs and then re-sculpt that leg so that it fits with you know the original design so that's that's my next obviously it's not painting but it's it's part of the process so that will be that'll be the next thing for me um and after that i want to push my more into uh scenic bases um for basing
0: like to... is definitely something I'd, I'd like to really kind of get better at that's, yeah, so that's something i need to improve on
1: basing now with with the amount of stuff out there as well basing's never been like in in such a good place like there's pre obviously the pre-molded plastic bases you've got uh, pre-made resin bases access to tons of different materials like pre-made texture paints like the cracked earth and things like that you've got all the the skull kits the like the is it ivy or reeds and branches yeah the
0: the, the sort of yeah i know the things you mean yeah the, and then the you've got climbing like climbing the climbing plants, stuff and you've, yeah. you've
1: got the the little plants that they've made as well basing kits there's just so much out there and there's so many good again free videos on youtube of people making bases so many like you know easy to people using like lolly sticks and stuff breaking them up and making them into like planks of wood so you've got you can do like a you know a deck like a wood deck sort of theme as if they're on like a pirate ship or something or on a on a wood dock or there's there's just so much out there for basing but i want to push real into like water effect bases with like you know stuff buried in in water for like display not not for just like a you know, an army base but like an actual display um piece i i, I really want to push some skills with um
0: like yeah using water effects like and, resins, and resin the resin kind of water yeah like stuff, proper yeah.
1: resin where you you know you have like a, a skeleton underneath you know buried yeah, par- down especially in the water. partially
0: submerged where there's a transition yeah. between within the water and outside as well
1: yeah so that's that that'll be after that so i've got sort of like a plan like a, a storyboard of of where i want to go with um uh, different um you know skills going forwards and I'm, I'm trying to pick uh models and projects to sort of do with these things as well so with the uh Basing ones I want to do going forward. I've got a Gandalf on horse model, which I want to practice stippling on the horse. I want to practice blends on the cloak. And they've got really tiny little faces. So it'd be nice to really try and practice doing some really small scale. Obviously, the Lord of the Rings stuff is a lot more true scale than heroic space marine scale. So they're they're a lot harder to get more convincing sort of faces on. Um, so he'll he'll be like a a nice sort of practice piece for a base to do something really impressive there obviously the stippling on the horse again so he's he's got like a lot of the aspects of what i want to learn uh going forward in him and then i want to do a load of banners like i said as well so that, that'll be more the free hand and uh, maybe after that do a nice big display plinth with resin for something
0: so many so many choices out there so you know if people are looking at you know maybe upping with using all this time to kind of up their painting game there's there's so much content out there at the moment isn't there it's, there, there it's, is it's, it's never a better time to be a hobbyist if, if i'm honest
1: yeah and if if you wanted to um like improve your painting uh and you're going to plan a new army this is sort of a good sort of segue into actually planning an army for visual impact as well so if you're going to do a new army and you want to try for a, a painting award having you know 200 infantry models if they're all painted amazingly and ranked up it'll probably look great but having different variety of units of different heights monsters some heroes a centerpiece like you know having a dragon with a couple of units of horses or knights or a couple of units of infantries and a monster or just varying heights so that your eye gets drawn you know across different parts of the you know the, the, the sort of presentation instead of just a collection of models um and you know just having the centerpiece to pull people over and then having the different heights in there will just get them Get them strolling around, you know, having a little look at of what's on offer in front of them. Um, and, and it gives you a chance to obviously, you know, paint some stuff you might not normally if you're you know, quite a competitive gamer. There's some great looking units that just don't get considered because they aren't as good in the game. But visually they're incredible. Hmm. Like when, when was the last time you seen a slaughter brute or a um mutilithic uh vortex beast? When you said table? slaughter
0: brute, I was racking my head thinking of what's he talking about. <laughs> yeah. <It> was, <laughs> and then was, as soon uh... as you said mutilith, I was like, ah, that one, that one. I was yeah. thinking it was some sort of chaos. I, I thought Corgrath. I was like, no, that's not a slaughter brute. What on earth's a slaughter brute? No. So, so it just goes to show, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. I mean, when was the last that's a crazy good model? When was yeah. the last
0: time you seen one? I love the I love the Metolith. They're brilliant, yeah, and, and they're into disciples of Zinch, are not they? Uh,
1: well, they're in slaves of darkness. But oh, I, right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you. I think you can ally them in, but yeah, there's there's some great models that you just you don't see. Like with Skaven, when was the last time you seen Doomwheels?
0: Uh, well, Steve Foote is a big Doomwheel fan, so oh, okay. You know.
1: If, you know if it's not a storm fiend a warp lightning cannon a clam rat or a screaming bell or a plague monk you know that they're, they're, when you think skaven that's pretty much yeah
0: and the skaven range has got so like you said right at the beginning the skaven range has got so much potential for crazy conversions and kind of going a little bit you can go be a bit rough and ready and if it if it doesn't look quite right or you've hacked something off just add a mechanical arm or throw some cogs on it and it'll stick just a bit fine. of warp
1: lightning there uh, yeah. A bit of warp stone. A chunk of warp stone. Oh well, it's been cut off and replaced with warp stone. It'll yeah. Fit. Why is
0: it? Why is he got green all over him? warp stone? Well, you got warpstone.
1: <laughs> just hashtag yeah, warp warp stone. Stone. Um. And it, yeah, if you are gonna go all out on an army like that, maybe knock together a little display board for it. I know display boards are always in a place where people some people love them, some people hate them. Some people refuse to use them. Even when you get points for them at tournaments, like as part of the painting pack or something, they just hate them so much that they will refuse to get those those points. But you know, a, a picture frame board, notice board, whatever, flipped over with some texture on it and the rim painted works. You know? Yeah I, nice and and I, simple. Used, I used for mine matched my basing scheme on it so i could fit it in my suitcase to take it out to um out to adepticon you can't take you know a, a 10 tiered massive cave system or anything on a plane you know you gotta send that out a month in advance you know in a, in a shipping box or something yeah but- And again, if you're traveling in a car and if if there's four of you going up and you've all got massive display boards, (laughs) it's not going to fit in the car. So just just a simple little, you know, fold up one that just pops in the side, but it just harmonizes your army and pulls it all together. Um, Or if you don't have the display board, a bit of black cloth, can't go wrong with a bit of black cloth. Just lay that out, put your army on it. It's just, it's easier to see armies on uh, a black background than it is on, you know, some grass, some rock, some snow, whatever table you were playing at it could be the worst colors for your army to be presented against so yeah you
0: know, yeah, especially if if the the tos just say right after game one on uh, day one just put your army out on the table you're on and people yeah. walk around if you're on like a funky there's a there's a mat by one of the kind of big mat companies that's like a tyranid or alien yeah, that's what I don't you want, know which one you mean. It's, it's purple and it's just yeah. awful, garish colours.
1: But that would probably work for my army because it's got a load of purple in it. Yeah, fair one. <laughs>
0: you're, you're probably the only one, mate, that it works for. Yeah. And, and or if you're on a snow base, like a big snowy kind of white mat, and you don't want to
1: be on a desert board.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Or if you've got desert basing, you don't want to be on a snowboard. But if you could no. just whip out that little bit of cloth. Or, top tip, if you're at a place that has gaming mats and you're allowed, flip the gaming mat over because most of them are black neoprene on the other side. So that's what we do for hammer normally now is we just flip the uh, gaming mats over and then you get that nice black you know, textured rubber surface that people can put all their models on and it's quite matte, so it's good to photograph on as well.
0: Yeah, so, that's, a, that's a great point, actually.
1: Yeah, just a little, you know, obviously if people are cutting up mats, they'll have a little bit to uh, put on <laughs> the side as well.
0: <laughs> oh, very, very on point. You're, you're crossing the 40k streams now and you, the, our yep. Age Sigma listeners might not necessarily know what you're talking about there. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm sure if you have on Twitter, you've probably seen something about it. <laughs> probably from Mikey from Hellstorm Wargaming. Okay,
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah and just have a theme as well with your army like if if um like i said before about having one amazing painted model and then the rest could be painted well but in a different style i i fell uh prey to this a couple of years back when i put my kairos in my chaos army he's non-metallic metal all blended no airbrushing you know everything is painted to my best ability on him and then i put him in my chaos army which has actual metals you know different weird weathering and he just looks so out of place yeah he looked well a bit- that's a
0: great example of that you know when we we're talking about heavy metal miniatures next to uh, yeah like uh, the crazy crazy conversions of your your kairos is uh is, you know got a golden demon so put yeah, that he- in, in an army you think well surely that that would look amazing but if if you're putting yeah. it next to something that has a completely different texture or palette or- then it just would be really weird.
1: Completely different style. Like the, the army's just, even though I based him, I made him a gaming base as well. He just didn't fit. He didn't fit the theme of the army. And he looked great, but he didn't look right at all because he was in a completely different colour palette as well. So he was very different tones to the bright coloured Nurgle and, you know, Zinch and stuff. He just didn't look right. Um, if the whole army was painted in Kairos' style in, in 20 years time... In tw- I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> then
0: um, you can enter that into Age of Sigmar version 21 or whatever.
1: Yeah. And it, it'll be fine. And, you know, I'll, I'll, People I'll be... People like, why, why,
0: know, is, why is Terry entered a 21-year-old model? Yeah,
1: I'll be in my 60s by the time I'd done a two thousand point army to the same standard that i painted that one model but you know maybe it'll be worth it maybe we'll be back at tournaments by then you know no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> on that optimistic note i think we'll end it there terry thanks very much for uh joining us to chat all about painting uh, especially with a kind of competitive painting perspective competitive painting sounds seems a bit weird but it's, it's totally a thing um it would uh, do me a disservice to uh, clearly not ask you uh, the obvious two questions that we always ask people coming on. Uh, but yep. before I do, if people want to find you on the Internet, uh, whether it's Pike Miniatures Painting or, or you on Twitter or whatever, what's the best uh, various channels?
1: Uh, Twitter will be at TerryPike84. On Instagram, it is at Pike's Miniature Painting. Uh, my website is Pike's Miniature Painting. And my YouTube channel is pikes miniature
0: painting excellent consistent brand apart from on twitter
1: yeah i keep thinking about changing it over to that but i don't know it, that's just like me isn't it I, I maybe i do just change that to pikes miniature painting as well now that's all i use twitter for is for pictures and models so that's maybe all, that's
0: all it's good for mate
1: <laughs> yeah maybe maybe i just do change my my act to that and you know i'll quickly do that before someone does it now actually
0: (laughs) well you could yeah so if you're looking for terry you try both uh so terry two questions for you if you could protect one thing about age sigma and never have it change and let's say the additions being you know rescrubbed from the ground up what would that be and if you uh, could only change one thing about age sigma and the rest of the game would stay the same forever what would that be
1: oh this is hard it's a gaming question a painter um, oh, no
0: it doesn't it doesn't have to be it could be anything about age of sigmar as a as so a it, game not, not necessarily keep... the game a game yeah and a hobby. so
1: if i could keep one thing it would be the current direction they're going in with how crazy models look like the big f minotaur like beast goat mountain demon monster thing i don't know what what it what it's you know called but keep stuff crazy like that if you look at all the big releases recently the monsters and stuff just look great keep releasing this you know expanding universe of of awesome looking models you know stay away from you know bland little skeletons and i mean look at the new necrons massive awesome i know it's not obviously uh aos but across the hobby just keep Make him amazing big things.
0: That that Necron release has got Skya concoctions written all over it, doesn't it? And Bone Reapers, or all Bone Reapers? Yeah, Bone Reapers from the world, uh, the Realm of Metal.
1: Yeah, there's definitely some Bone Reaper conversion work in there.
0: We shall see. We'll see who's the first to jump on that.
1: Yep. And then if I could change one thing,
0: and only one thing,
1: and only one thing i don't know um i from a game from a gaming point of view i don't like how much the the combat sequence can be interrupted i'd like it to be a lot a lot less so fewer things could suddenly go i'm going first like keep it keep it really unique and rare or just do away with it (laughs) if you go in first you should be able to go
0: first yeah
1: yeah that's quite interesting tone it down keep it to the exceptionally awesome things Mm. that should just be able to go first um i that's that's the one thing that i'm sort of i haven't liked about the game from a gaming point of view in the last sort of edition is there's too much interrupting um of sequence um for me i just keep keep it a bit simpler um uh, or legendary heroes can do it and not you know every monster in an army
0: yeah fair enough and what about a 40k like rule where if you charge every unit you... that's charged gets to go first and then you go and then the you alternator. do it. Yeah, yeah that'd
1: be interesting to like just play a few games of aos using that like practice game with your mate. just go look we'll play play it out like this you know if you charge you go first yeah. and then and then see how it impacts the you know the combat because you'll you'll want to take units that can charge from further away yeah and yeah. stuff so it's it, quite an interesting might... one for
0: maybe like a campaign as well so let's say you're yeah you're playing in the the realm of light or whatever and there's sort of there's this you know aether wind that allows people to strike really quickly
1: yeah and you could narrative it in, and it would fit nicely wouldn't it but yeah i, I think yeah just playing a couple of games using the other rule set might actually be quite fun just to see um see how they sort of you know uh, sort of blend together
0: yeah definitely and that's uh, you know on on sort of on a closing note that's one of the great things about kind of almost going back to your your bit that you'd like to keep the kind of the ever-expanding mad world of age of sigma because of the the infinite realms and stuff you you there is always scope to add in your own house rules and and play and especially as we move towards you know normality, but potentially don't get back to mass tournament gatherings. Then making the most of your local scene and you know maybe setting up a club or or getting a regular game night with a few people, whether it's you know outside or not. Um, I think Age of Sigmar as, as a as a game has got amazing scope to be tweaked as as a toolbox and to use it to yeah. to just get you know get seeing your mates again and, and kind of throwing dice together because that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's all about those shared social experiences and use the whilst we're not all practicing for big events and whilst we're not all kind of on a super competitive maybe focus then by, by all means try out new crazy things and, and here is a, a fantastic opportunity to to try a few games that maybe won't count as full practice because you have tweaked the the core system a little bit yeah right yeah, sure. terry once again thank you ever so much for joining us and uh, look forward to seeing more of your painting creations uh on twitter soon cool we'll speak to you soon then cheers thanks for listening to priority roll if you want to get in touch with us we're at priority roll on both twitter and instagram you can send us an email priority roll podcast at gmail.com or you can go to anchor.fm forward slash priority roll and leave us a voice message if you want to leave us some feedback we're always looking to improve or if you just want to suggest a topic to talk about on one of our upcoming shows then feel free to get in contact with us we'd love to hear from you until next time thanks for listening to priority roll